Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast this week. It's great to be meeting in person again after a couple of weeks of online. Uh, it was also great getting together with the guys for dinner. Maria got the ladies together for dinner over the school holiday period. It's kind of a cool rest time, but all, reset time. But we are ready for an amazing couple of months in church. We're, we're super, super excited. And this, we kicked it all off this Sunday with Everyone Sunday. We love Everyone Sundays. If you haven't caught on yet, they are a special Sunday focused on tuning our heart toward the mission of Jesus. We give updates on our missions projects uh, and really get fired up for the mission of God and bringing Jesus to everyone everywhere. That's what it's all about. And last week, you know, when when we were sharing about our values, we talked about how one of our core values at Everyone Church is to live mission-minded. And we shared this kind of uh, metaphor of, you know, when you tune a radio, you know, if you, if, if you still listen to the radio, you know, you tune through the static until you find the station, you find the frequency of what you want to listen to. And, and these Everyone Sundays are really about retuning our hearts toward God's heart. You know, there's so much static in our lives, the static of distraction, of self-focus, of discouragement, sin, offense, uh, conspiracies and, and controversies, but and all this stuff can often be interference, and that gets between my heart and God's mission. So let's tune our hearts toward His heart today. Wherever you are, whenever you are, maybe you're listening in the car, on a jog, on a walk, we're going to tune our heart toward His heart over these next few moments. Amen? So let me pray. Lord, I ask that you would help us as we look to your word. Help us hear what you hear, see what you see on this special Everyone Sunday podcast. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 9. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, verse 35 to 38. It's our core scripture for today. And it says this, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. Verse 36, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. It says when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Now, first of all, where is Jesus at this point? It says in verse 35, he was traveling through all the towns and villages of that area. Well, that area is actually Capernaum on the north side of the Sea of Galilee. And this is actually known as the town of Jesus or Jesus' hometown. Now, I know Jesus was raised in Nazareth, but after being baptized, uh, Jesus wa- he returned to Nazareth and the people there rejected him. You might remember the story if you've read it. So he traveled to Capernaum and kind of stationed there. In fact, it, it became known as the town of Jesus, and it still kind of is to this day if you travel to that area. In fact, if you go back to the beginning of Matthew chapter 9 and verse 1, it says Jesus climbed into a boat and went back across the lake to his own town. I love that. His own town. Now, we all have our own town, don't we? Jesus had his own town. We have our own town, you know, whether it's Spring Farm, Harrington Park, Harrington Grove, Mount Annan, 
Gregory Hills, Leppington, Eldersley, Camden, Cobbardy. It's my favorite one of all of them. Cobbardy. It's most just sounds so country. Where are you from? Cobbardy. Now, for me, I live in Cadden's, which is a little out of town, but we'll move in eventually. It says that Jesus had compassion on the people in his town, in his own town. Now, what is compassion? Well, compassion is a strong word for an emotional response, which always results in a caring action. There's no such thing as passive compassion. <laughs> I, I, you know, and it's interesting, when we study this phrase, he had compassion, referring to Jesus, it is very much an action phrase. It can literally be translated as being moved to the depths of your bowels, right? And like, have you ever been moved to your depths, maybe in grief, in joy? I know I was moved to my depths when I held my daughter, Anastasia, for the first time. It was like, oh my goodness, I'm a girl dad, right? So uh, we, we all could resonate with this, this sense of being moved to our depths. I remember as a high school chaplain, uh, there was a couple of uh, kids who, who were brothers and they, they went to our youth ministry um, uh, from time to time. And I remember getting a phone call one day that their mother had passed away very suddenly. And um, I knew both these guys. Uh, and, and I remember they asked if I would go to the funeral with them. Now, it wasn't my mother, it wasn't my family, but I had compassion on these boys sitting in the funeral of their mother. I remember having this sense of, man, I want to help, and I'm still in touch with them to this day. Now, Jesus had compassion on people in his town, and Jesus' feeling of compassion was a deep sense of concern and care and love. It says in verse 36, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. When he saw the crowds in his own town. What are you seeing today in your own town? What are you seeing today? Who do you see today? And it's interesting how Jesus didn't allow his familiarity with that area to affect his compassion. You know, sometimes it's so easy to be stirred when we see something that's a little bit unfamiliar. Maybe, uh, you know, this this Sunday we focused on our project in Vietnam. You see these images of Vietnam and it's like third world and it's like, oh man, you know, or, or Burundi, the poorest nation on earth. Or, or you see the poor and, and we can be uh, easily moved there. But when it, when when it comes to things we see all the time, we can get a bit numb to that. Like, have we lost our sense of compassion for our own town? our own town. It says, when Jesus saw the crowds, in verse 36, he had compassion on them. It says, when he saw, for all of us, we can often look, but we rarely see, like really see. It's like when Maria asked me to uh, go into the pantry to get something. I look, but I often don't see, right? (laughs) Until she shows up and she says, hey, it was right there in front of your face, mate. Uh, but this is the thing. It's, 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 we just become so familiar and blasé about what's around us. We forget to see. And, and more to that, we look through a lens of our own worldview and prejudices and mood and motives and ambition and hurt and offenses. Uh, notice that verse didn't say Jesus was moved with ambition. <laughs> He was moved with anger. No, he was moved with compassion. And I think all these uh, 
lenses and things, they, they distort reality in so many ways. I think we could agree on that. And here it says Jesus didn't just look at the crowds. He saw the crowds. And he saw them through a lens of compassion. Compassion. Why did he have compassion? Well, it shows us right there. It says because, in, in verse 36, it says, because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. This is why he was moved. He, he, he saw the lost, the confused, the helpless, and he was moved with compassion. Now, we often see in the Gospels when Jesus was moved in, uh, with compassion, he would heal. He would do something about it. Like in Mark chapter 1, verse 40, it says, A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Verse 41, moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Or in Matthew chapter 20, two blind men are following Jesus and crying out to him. And it says in verse 32 of Matthew 20, when Jesus heard them, he stopped and called, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, they said, we want to see. And in verse 34, it says, Jesus felt sorry for them and touched their eyes. Instantly, they could see. And then they followed him. So often when Jesus was moved with compassion, he would do something about it. He would move in miracles and healing and provision. But in this case, in Matthew 9, he, something kind of different happens. He doesn't just heal the crowds that he's seeing. In fact, you know, an interesting uh, point is that Jesus up until this point had been going around healing people and helping people. Right, And I think there's a point that we can pull out of here is that here is Jesus in his own town getting amongst the people. You know, sometimes we get into our churchy circles, we get into our little friend groups, we never get out of our bubble. Jesus was out of his bubble, big time, right? And even with that, he kind of exhausted himself healing everybody. And he doesn't just do a sweeping miracle across the whole region as I would have. I would have just been like, everybody's healed, all done. But it says in verse 37 that he turns to his disciples. He sees the crowd, he has compassion, and then he turns to his disciples and he says something to them. He says in verse 37, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest, ask him to send more workers into his fields, which is, which is something we should obviously all pray for. We are praying for that for our church plan. Lord, send workers, Lord, send workers. And then what happens? Well, it's the end of chapter nine. It's all over. No, it's not really. We know that right after chapter 9 is chapter 10, and we see Jesus starts putting things into action. He calls his disciples together in in verse 1 of chapter 10. And then in verse 7, he tells them to go and announce the kingdom of heaven. And he gives them authority. He gives them authority. So there's a bit of a shift here. Jesus sees, he's moved with compassion, and then he sends he sends his disciples out to do what they've been called to do, his mission. And I want to say to us today, do you see with compassion, even in your own town? But it's not just enough to see, we must also allow the Lord to do the work of sending us, to put us to work, to put us into his mission, <laughs> on his mission in our own town and beyond. Now, just a note, if you read Matthew chapter 10, you'll see Jesus says to the disciples, only preach to the Israelites. And uh, that's not something to just, you know, take super literally that we should only preach to, you know, the Israelites. That was 
Jesus had not finished his work in that region. And we know as you know, Jesus completed his work on the cross and Pentecost, the gospel would spread to everyone everywhere, okay? This is just a specific moment in time. He's sending the disciples to that region. But the question remains, do you see today? Are you willing to be sent today? Jesus didn't just turn to the sick and heal them or to the blind and made them see. He turned to his followers and turned them into missionaries. Jesus saw and he sent. Do you see and are you willing to be sent? You know, there's no greater purpose to live for on this earth than to live on his mission, to live sent, that God would be making use of you at work, at home, within your community, in the nations. I want to be a Christian that sees, that really sees. And I want to be a Christian that is sent, a Christian that says, Lord, here I am. Send me. Send me today to my own town and beyond. Now, what does being sent look like in your life today? Maybe it's inviting someone to church. Maybe it's sharing your faith with a friend. Maybe it's running an alpha course out of your home. Maybe it's giving to missions projects like uh, the one we heard about this week in Vietnam. Or, or let, Let's not allow our faith to be all about us my problems and my benefits and my relationships, me, 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 my, 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 oh my gosh, we have seen a lot of that in our church planning journey. People who've inquired about our church and it's all about them. And obviously we've had a whole bunch of people who've come in and they're like, we're here, we want to be part of what everyone church is doing. Look, you are important. Of course, Jesus gave his life for you. Jesus wants to walk with you. Jesus provides for you, but we aren't just meant to absorb all that like a sponge. We're meant to reflect God's goodness to the world. You know, across the street from my house, we have um, like, it's kind of like a floodway dam thing. It's a water feature. It's pretty nice, actually. It's got a little deck that you can go out on. There's even a Pokemon gym right there. It's very convenient. I can uh, access the Pokemon gym from my house, just a side note. But uh, that water there, you know, the water is best when there's a bit of like a flow to it, like it's just rained or something. Uh, when the water is not flowing, it becomes stagnant and weird stuff grows in it. And it's kind of weird. And that's a little bit like our faith, you know, when it's not flowing, when there's no flow in my faith, right? Inwards, outwards, a building up within and a passing it on to the world. Like right now, we're in an inward moment. I'm, I'm sharing with you from, from the Gospels, encouraging you in your mission. When we come together for church, it's a little bit of an inward type moment where we get together and we, we build each other up. But that's meant to be flown outward, right? If there's no flow in my faith, if there's, if there's no go in my walk with the Lord, my faith can become stagnant, become cynical and sad and lacking in joy and life. You know, uh, one of the best antidotes for like just a dead, stagnant faith is you want go and tell someone about Jesus. Go go and get involved in something in your church that that get involved in Alpha and see what it's like watching the process of someone who doesn't know Jesus finding him. Right? James puts it this way in in chapter two, verse twenty six of the book of James. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. So let's not let our faith be dead people. And the truth is, faith with no evidence of outworking in my life is not real faith at all. Might just be association instead of real, genuine, dependent on God faith. So let's pray. And I'd like to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us today, wherever you are. 
I'm going to ask a couple questions, and I want to see if if you would be open to the Holy Spirit ministering to you in in these next moments. The first question is, what are you seeing today in your hometown? What are you seeing when you go to the shop? When you go to when you go to work? What are you really seeing today? Are you just looking? Are you just passing by? Are you really seeing with compassion? And the other question I want to ask is, will you allow the Lord to send you today, this week, to say to him, Lord, here I am, send me. Help me see what you see this week. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you for every person and everyone, church. And I just ask that you would help us see what you see. Help us see what you see when we go to the shop, when we go to work, when we go to the sporting field, wherever we we go, that we would not just uh, be passerbys, but we would see with compassion, even in our own town, even where things are super familiar. Lord, help us not just go about our routines. Help us see what you see. And I thank you for your example that you have given us. And Lord, we humbly say, here we are, send us. Here we are, send us. Send us into the world whether it's with our giving or even with our going, Lord, that we would all have a sense of going in our life every day in Jesus' name. And I ask that you would help us have open eyes to the opportunities that you would give us over these next coming days and weeks in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, and if you're not a Christian today, I want you to know that Jesus sees you. He does. He loves you. He sees you with with, a, with compassion. He, he, he wants to know you. And if you want to know him, It's very, very simple. You can say a simple prayer that I'm going to pray in a moment. And then let us know. We'd love to give you a Bible and help you on that journey. Maybe you might want to come to Alpha or something. But that prayer goes like this. If you're listening to the podcast today and you aren't a Christian, I want you to say this prayer to Jesus, okay? Dear Jesus, I pray to you today and I ask you to forgive my sin. I give my heart to you. I believe in you. I believe you came and that you gave your life on the cross for my sin. I believe you rose again, and today I receive by faith your forgiveness and friendship. I thank you that I will enter heaven one day to be with you forever. Help me on this journey of following you. Amen. And if you pray that prayer, head to our website. Come and visit us. Let us know if you're part of our church and you've said that prayer to make a commitment to follow Jesus. We'd love to help you. That's what we're here to do, to help everybody everywhere follow the Lord. Amen. Well, hey, have a great week. Make sure you see and make sure you're sent. See you later.